This episode is dedicated to Ahmaud Aubrey, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, Ramali Graham, and all those affected by police violence and systemic racism. This is a very special show to me because it's personal. You know, with all the things going on in the world, I really didn't know what to say. I had a hard enough time trying to figure out what to tell my kids, you know, and um, I felt obligated to address the wine and hip hop audience because this show was built on racial unity. Now, let me be clear. Hip hop came from black culture. Hip hop is black culture on stage being celebrated. So if you don't stand with us in this issue, turn off your radios, turn off this podcast and turn off your TVs. I know firsthand what police brutality feels like. I have police push me to the ground while I'm in handcuffs. I lived through the stop and frisk era. Mobile police stations set up on every corner. I know what that feels like. To see everyone come together to fight this disease that America is infested with is reassuring and it makes me feel like we now have the opportunity for change. But it's up to all of us to go out and vote, continue to let our voices be heard peacefully and share black stories. Thank you to everyone that shared wine and hip hop for Blackout Tuesday. Um, It's been a pretty eventful week. Since we recorded this episode, the other three officers in the George Floyd case have been charged. But Breonna Taylor's murderers are still out there. So like we said, guys, continue to make your voices be heard. Show up at the polls. Let them know we're not going to deal with this shit. Shout to this week's guest, Shakira Jones, a.k.a. Black Girls Down 2, who shared some very powerful thoughts on her IG Live after we recorded this episode about racism and what the wine industry can do to stand with the black community. I honestly feel like her video made a huge difference and I immediately saw more and more influencers posting about Black Lives Matter, posting about the issues that are going on and demanding justice. So thank you Shakira for doing that. Shout to you. It was, uh, she told me she went off, off, and she was not kidding. (laughs) Um, But anyway, it's time to get into the show, y'all. Enjoy. This is a moment in wine and hip-hop, brought to you by Crew Love, blending wine and hip-hop at the highest level. Wine and hip-hop, wine and music. Tell me up, bro. Check this out. Oh, yeah. You'll be the life of the party. Wine and hip hop really mirrors the, the conversations that we have in my office about wine and music. Yeah, what's good, y'all? It's your man, Jermaine Showtime Stone, a.k.a. The Wolf of Wine, a.k.a. The Zara Bobs, a.k.a. Young Thanos. I'm just out here collecting infinity stones, and I got my homie in the building. Black Girls Don 2, a.k.a. Shakira, Shakira. What up, Shakira? How you feeling? <laughs> What's that, man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm alive. I'm healthy. I'm blessed. You winning. You winning. You winning hard. <laughs> Better than it. a whole lot of other people. Definitely, definitely. I mean, we're, we're speaking in a very crazy time. I'll be remiss not to touch on the tragedies that have been happening as far back as I can remember and still continue to happen right now. uh, You have been very outspoken on social media about this, like from the jump. You're you're not techno bak chat. (laughs) You're not techno chat. (laughs) So, you know, with all that said, like something needs to be done. Black men and women are being murdered I don't even know. I'm I, I'm at a loss for words. I, I honestly am. It's like offensive. It's horrific. 
I got a son and a daughter. What do I say to them? I, I was talking to my son today about this. I didn't even know what to say. It's just like asking him how he feels. I think that you're someone that's in a very um, unique position. Uh, you have a very diverse group of friends. You you are around a lot of diverse people. What advice would you have to people right now to make a change? I think that a lot of people are going to have to do some soul searching now. Um, I think that although we've seen this this story and this narrative play out many times before, I think now people are being forced to take a stand. And um, from a social media perspective, you know, what I've observed is like everybody has a brand, right? And you are your brand and you represent it. But if your story is so rainbows and unicorns mm. that you cannot risk posting something right i don't care what it is to show your outrage at how human beings are being treated if, if that's too much of a disruption to your brand please never again post about inclusivity mm. please never again post about diversity Please never again post about how everybody is welcome and we can all sit together because if you can't take a 15 second blip of your story between the beautiful glasses of wine, the virtual tasting for everything, if one post, one story is too much of a disruption to your brand, I don't want nothing to do with you. Mm. If you want to be a true ally, I think that you need to seek out ways. When the Me Too movement started, I've never been sexually harassed at work, thank God. But I didn't need anybody to tell me how to stand up against that. Right. It was just wrong. How do you think this is gonna affect the wine industry? I think it's gonna be interesting because I think that, I think that nobody is gonna be able to claim ignorance after that. And and that's why a lot of the things that I've been vocal about and putting out there are factual. It's not my opinion. This is what it is. Right. And so I think the wine industry will have to take a look at, are you about diversity and inclusion in name or are you in, or in words, or are you about diversity and inclusion and agency in action? So if you're pushing a diversity initiative in your company, is there a black person in a leadership role doing it too? <laughs> because well, so. if that's not happening, then, I mean, that's a brand choice. You could decide, you know what, this is too much, yo. We don't have a bandwidth to do this. We're just going to, that's a choice. But right. understand that that choice also means that you are exemplifying exactly the system that we're pointing out is that even in a moment, you are not willing to give up an ounce of your privilege, an ounce of your advantage, a single dollar to stand in solidarity. And that to the black community speaks volumes. There are accounts that I have unfollowed. There are wine brands I will never purchase again a day in my life. There are people I will never speak to again a day in my life after I've seen this. You know how many influencers I've seen post All Lives Matter? All? Oh, mm. so if that's where you are, I'm out. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, we're not in an all lives matter place. I mean, I think that the line has kind of been drawn. I was speaking to my wife this morning and she's like, oh, it's no different. I'm like, mm, this feels a little different. Like, this feels <laughs> different, you know? So um, hopefully there'll be some change. I mean, we we have seen um, one of the officers uh, indicted. Let's hope that the remaining officers are and, you know, that we can try to start putting the pieces back together. Like, that's all motherfuckers want. They keep going, oh, what they want? What motherfucker, what you think we want? But, <laughs> but think about that, right? Think about if we did the same thing. You, me, two other black guys, right? We, it don't even got to be cops. We don't even got to be cops. We beat the dog shit out of somebody and they died, Okay. It doesn't matter if the technicalities eventually say that we didn't do shit wrong. He died because eh, shit happens. I actively avoid fights because of because I'm afraid of that. It, like you, you don't gotta arrested. catch the L. You can like punch somebody the wrong way, knock them the fuck out, knock them out, like, and they dead. 
the difference is you would be arrested immediately and you would have to prove you didn't do anything. What has happened over and over again is that these law enforcement uh, (laughs) agents have been allowed to act with impunity, Mm. be filmed, be everything. And it's because the law allows way too much judgment without Mm. considering implicit bias, right? If I'm police in a neighborhood and I go in thinking everybody's an animal, I'm going to treat everybody like an animal. And so if an animal is attacking me, I do genuinely feel like my life is in danger. And so if I kill this animal, I've acted justly. And that's where the law needs to change. And that's the empathy that people need to see. And that's why, of course, we don't think all cops are bad. All people aren't bad. But if you are an officer and your partner, when y'all are rolling through a neighborhood, goes, look at these fucking animals. Mm. And, and you don't say anything, right? And in your mind, you go, oh, Jesus Christ, don't say that, man. Come on. But you don't <laughs> say anything about that. You don't report that. Mm-hmm. You don't anything. When your partner roughs up a black kid and that black kid ends up dead, I think you're just as liable. And that's, that's where people don't separate out. Like, good cops that don't say shit, they're not as bad as the murderers, but they're not good cops either. I don't walk around letting people call gay people slurs, letting people call use Islamophobia, homophobia. I don't do that. You can't do that in front of me. Right. I mean, at that point, is that the kind of person that you want to keep around you? You know, like that's that's how that works out. But we had to um, to uplift people's spirits. Uh, Hopefully people will listen to this podcast and um and this will be a, a bright shining spot in a day i see you chilling in the vineyards right now you know in the I mean? vineyards of heights in beautiful <laughs> napa valley well oh were you in, you in napa i was I gonna ask napa. what region what region this today. is actually this is heights today today ah. we're in heights we're on carlton mccoy's property oh uh, and, carlton. <laughs> yeah i love this background i love heights heights is, is just a beautiful property i've been to many times i love those wines i I love um i loved the brand before and i just love where carlton's leadership has taken it even when you know the covid crisis hit and he made the financial decision to make sure that all of his people were taken care of and that that's the type of leadership in the industry that we need to see more of where it's just not sales driven It's, it's about the people um but let's get into some fun ish we need to introduce you to the the wine and hip-hop community you know what i'm about to ask you who is your rap spirit animal i mean i know who it may be but you let the people know i'm gonna go the cliche answer of course is gonna be jay next time they bring up the guns you gonna respect us that little best ain't gonna do you i chew for necker I'm cerebral. I'm good in any room that I'm in. I move the way I move. It's Jay. Uh, but if I'm being honest, it's Kane. Rapper stepping to me. They want to get some. But I'm the Kane. So, yo, you know the outcome. I'm not the victory. They can't get with me. So pick a PC date because you're history. I'm the authentic poet to get lyrical. For you to beat me, it's going to take a miracle. And stepping to me. Yo, that's a wrong move. So what you want, Hobbs? You know, I've always loved um, Kane. I've always loved his flow. I've always loved the suave and the gravitas that he rhymed with. Um, and I think that's very me. I, I, I'm very eloquent with words. I got away with words. Sometimes I'm harsh, <laughs> but but I got away with words. So the real answer, especially modern me, is definitely is Jay. Um, I could I could see Jay. I like I like I like Jay for you. I like um I like mature Jay for you. you yeah, know? grown Jay. Like yeah, grown Jay. Like some people say Jay, and it's like 
there, there, there are a couple different eras of Jay. Oh know, yeah, drug like dealing that. Jay is different. I, yeah. I'm not I'm, drug dealing Jay. I'm 97 whole. <laughs> I understand. I understand nah, nah, that nah, Jay, nah. but I, I am not. I would be frightened if I acted like nah. I was that Jay. <laughs> Look, I, I'm I'm four 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 Jay. I'm I I can I believe that you would slap a bitch. I ain't gonna hold you. I I With think in no a heartbeat. Question. In a heartbeat, without a flinch. Like before, did you see that J Lo thing? Nah, which one? There was a, a meme going around about J Lo, and she's having this dialogue where the premise of it, somebody asked her, like, why, why do chicks from the Bronx talk that way? And she goes <laughs> into this model, and she's like, I talk the way I talk because I'm smarter than you, yo, because I know what I'm talking about, and you don't. And that's just how I talk. And I'll punch you in your fucking face if I have to. <laughs> <laughs> and Never in life. That's some yeah. Bronx shit. That's, that's that's some Bronx shit. That's most definitely some Bronx shit. All day Bronx shit. Oh man, this is a again a good time for us to have this conversation. Um, well, we did this interview already, just so you all know. Um, and we we record episodes like way out. There's episodes that you guys are hearing that were totally recorded in like last <laughs> year or whenever. Um, but uh. You know, we recorded this episode a while ago and we recorded it in a restaurant because black girls dine too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but we cannot go out to restaurants right now. So I didn't think that would be what everyone wanted to hear. Shakira was nice enough to sit with me again. So thank you very much. Um, this is for the people. And of course, the people need this shit right now, man. They really do. And I, I think that you are the perfect person to speak to at this exact juncture in time. So thank you once Appreciate again. Appreciate you, bro. Um, other than all the bullshit that's going on in the world, yeah. I think that you're a good person to speak to about virtual tastings. Now, let me say this one time and let me be abundantly clear. Shakira was the first person that Jermaine Stone has seen doing virtual tastings online, pushing virtual tastings. That's a fact. Look it up. Okay. Long before on COVID. it, on it, like really, really pumping it. And yo, I did not understand how to enjoy myself in the virtual tasting. I honestly didn't until I was a part of a virtual tasting. And I mean, I'll let you talk through, talk, through it a little bit because I'm sure there are plenty of people that haven't been on them, but now mm -hmm. was a great opportunity for people to do that. But um, I didn't, I didn't understand, like, I didn't get it. I just, I felt like there, it, there was an energy that you feel from a person that's sitting across from you that conveys the passion behind something. And that's how I learned. So I just didn't get it until I like actually went to a virtual tasting. Now, for, for those people that haven't been to a virtual wine tasting yet, can you talk us through, um, can you talk us through the way one of your virtual tastings would go? Yeah, so I think that, you know, the virtual space is, is very different than an in-person tasting where you are all, the glasses are lined up in front of you. You can all touch, taste, smell. You can watch other people's reaction to it, et cetera, et cetera. The virtual space, I think, honestly creates a comfort bubble for people. And that for me, like, look, I'll tell you the grape we're doing. I'll tell you the wine I'm going to have. I'll tell you the region we're drinking from. And you can grab one. Or you could just sit back and learn about this grape or this wine that you never heard of before. And I think that being at home and having just like the host, it's very important that the host regulate and read the room, right? right? When For my virtuals, we got super tasters, super enthusiasts, <laughs> professionals, and we got people that are like, sis, I bought Celerosa. Like, I don't know what to tell you that. <laughs> That's what I have. I'm not laughing so, at the Celerosa guys. I'm not either. Drink what you drink. Look, you like it, I love it. Might not drink it, but you like it, I love it. Baby. So it's very important for me to also like make it a an open class where no matter what level, if you are uh, at an elevated level of tasting, we have some geek out moments, right? We'll talk about the difference between alluvial and loamy soils and all of that stuff. But if you're new, 
listen, if you want to try this, this is what you want to go into the wine shop and ask for, right? If you mm-hmm. don't drink red wine at all, at all, and you want to start drinking red wine, the next time you go to buy, buy red wine, say, look, I'm not really a red wine drinker, but I would like something low tannin, fruit forward, with low to moderate acidity, right? That's it. That's all you need to know at a price point. And that's it. So if I could tell you, look, these are the producers I'm drinking, but I think you can get a good bottle of this wine for no more than $20. That's all the baseline you need. So I think that in virtual spaces, it it brings a level of comfort to people that they can feel more comfortable asking questions. The room is crowded, but no one can really see them. So if nobody <laughs> really likes their question or if they feel like their question is stupid, they're actually more likely to ask it in a virtual space where they don't feel as exposed to ridicule or judgment or the snobbiness associated with wine as they would in a tasting with 80 people at a tasting. you know? Right. Right. Nah, I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun. I think, there's also like this sense of community that you feel. Um, it, it it feels like people are there in person. And I have noticed that people are generally a bit more comfortable, you know, when, when they're, I mean, I guess it's like being in a home setting. Yeah, for you know? sure. And I mean, I've had, the, I've had my virtual tastes at the same time on the same day since I started them. Like it's Sunday nights at 8.30. So it's literally become like a family. Like off, right. off rip, I can tell you at least 15 people that join every week. Like I see their name and it's like, <laughs> yo, my people are here. It's Sunday. We sit together on Sundays. So it's these <laughs> micro communities that get built where from my taste and like other people that are closer to each other have connected like, hey, I see she's doing this great this week. I'm not going to drink the whole bottle. Like you want to go half on this bottle. You want to do that. So it's created these, these micro connections as well that are just helping people get more comfortable drinking, exploring. And now you stuck at home. Like what else are you going to do? <laughs> drink wine? Yo, you know what though? That is, I think that's been um, one of the difficult things for me in virtual tasting is like, you know, I've, I'll be on them and sometimes you might have a bottle or two, like if you I, and you hosting, so I know you know, like you open more than one bottle and it's just you, you know, like right now. This, so this is a, a my favorite champagne in the world. And I'm on, and I'm like, I drank some of that shit with breakfast this morning <laughs> because. <laughs> and it's something about drinking champagne before ten o'clock that makes you feel like you're on vacation. The weather's about right. I in my head, I was on vacation, but I was drinking that shit at, at you know at nine something this morning because it, I got it's on a timer now. You know, I gotta get it before the getting's good, <laughs> before the getting's gone. <laughs> last night I had a, a bottle of La Caravelle. My friends at, at Coat gave me dinner last night. That's that's who was that's that's where dinner was from last night. And their fried chicken is freaking amazing. And I had a bottle of La Caravelle with it. Thank goodness it was a split. So it was just mm-hmm. enough for me to like kill last night. I had the last glass of it this morning. Um but I use a Coravin a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh between Coravin and Repour wine savers, that keeps me from feeling compelled to drink my wine immediately because either I've just poured a glass or I know I could keep it like fresh and good for another week or so and be okay. Um, but yeah, you are going through, through a lot of wine now, but it, it also like, you know, like people, people, I mean, I think that when the world is open, you got to know somebody to go to certain tastings, right? Or you got to buy a $150 ticket or an $80 ticket or, and that limits access. Right, but right, yeah, when you got a virtual tasting, I mean, mine, you know, the dopest people have just dropped in for shits and giggles, you know, <laughs> dealing like all of these people that you would never before have access to or to be able to ask a question to them or talk to them or ask them about a grape or whatever. You now, you know, it's like D-Nice Party. Like, now I'm talking, yo, listen to me. You don't even know the parties I've been to. I've been to parties with Obama, Biden. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, now everybody's been <laughs> in these spaces with these people that for so long have seen out of reach. So I right. think that virtual tastes have actually been amazing for the wine community itself. 
and allowing people access to spaces, to palettes, to discussions mm. that usually they would not have access to. That's a very um, key point that you mentioned there, having access to the discussions that happen. Um, it's it's a seat at that table, man. You know, like this is, these are the conversations that people need to hear to fully understand the nuances in wine, because it's like, it's it's an art form, you know. It's full of bumbleclot nuances. <laughs> you know All saying? of it. It's All full of them. Of so you know, the more you catch them, the more you appreciate. Um, and that I think is is a very key feature. But like backing up a little bit, um, why don't we tell? Because you have an interesting path into wine. Like, um, I mean, yo, you are legit, right? straight legit but you are not in the wine industry per se now how did you find wine and where do you feel you fit in the wine community so i found wine. i mean i went to college at nyu so if i'm being a hundred thou i found wine on the couch with my roommates watching felicity right a hundred thou wow it was shitty ass box wine that we could afford because we were college students um as i grew though like i went again i went to college at nyu and i had friends where like shit if my parents came and took us to dinner like we want to be bqs let's keep it black like, if, <laughs> if we fancy we go in a spice what you know about original spice. And Bay right and Bay, but we wasn't driving all the way right so we we go into one of those places but i had friends like one of my really good friends her name is jessica like her parents owned a cheese shop in maryland so when they came up here to go to dinner it was like literally the first restaurant i went to eat with her was balthazar right never in life stepped foot in a french bistro never seen a menu written in french and then the english is in that little caption (laughs) but like I'm West Indian, yo. We eat goat, we eat tripe, we eat all these things. So kidney, <laughs> liver. So none of these very perceived elevated ingredients were that foreign to me. And I'm an, an adventurous eater. And my, I got that from my dad. Like my dad would be like, what is it? All right, cool, I'll try it. It, it could be snake, <laughs> ostrich, bird, whatever. My dad's gonna try it. Yeah, um, and I have actually, it's quite good. Um, so I, I started going to these restaurants with friends. And then once we got a little bit older, it was like, oh, this is going to be our thing. We're going to be so cool in New York and like go Rest out to like dinner and first stuff. Sh- Fox first shawls and shit with pearls. AKA shit from Joyce Leslie, charades, <laughs> and everything else. We were definitely faux bouge. Um, it's cool to be so- you real booze? No, nah, nah, but we were faux booze at that time. We were poor, yeah. We were college kids. Like, no, I'm, I'm real booze now. Like, yeah, now I'm real booze. But before, it was definitely faux booze. Um, but we would go to these places and try these things. And then, like, as I got older, you know, Black Girls Dying 2 was originally a double entendre because it was a page that me and my best friend created. Uh, one of my best friends, shout out to Lori, because we were always, like, we would go to all these restaurants and we would be the only Black people eating we would see a black or latino uh or black or uh latina hostess we would see bus boys and runners that were hispanic or south asian or asian but as far as the dining room went we've been to danielle multiple times mm-hmm. we have been in the dining room of danielle once where there was another set of black people dining now it's not to say the black people don't because i know tons of black people that have eaten at danielle of them but it's about the optics of it so we i'm like i'm gonna start this page and my friend is he's like she's the yin to my yang see how like i'm brushed like ah she's like okay in front of mine don't mess with me but hi that's my friend (laughs) (laughs) so i started this instagram page and she's like girl i just want to come out and eat with you like i'm not i'm not writing you know i'm not a rabble rouser so cool so then i just changed it to t-o-o to represent like we do this just like everyone else does so as i grew and eating and trying other restaurants and actually being able to afford to go go to higher end restaurants i began to really start to value like the wine pairings and started talking to psalms and started learning more 
and starting to realize that like the more we drank this, every time my friends went out to buy wine, it was a text message or a FaceTime like, girl, I'm in this wine shop. What do I buy? What do I buy? What should I drink? What should I order? This is what I'm eating. What should I have? And so I started to realize like, all right, you know, I could actually be a resource and someone to talk to um, about how to get into this stuff, how to have it with your food, because you're drinking it. And I think that that's a part that the wine industry needs to see is like, Black people have been drinking wine. Like, no, we didn't grow up with it on our table or anything like that. But I mean, Big was rapping about wine. How many, you know, I mean, you, you, know you are the innovator. Though, on some black girls down two shit, Big was talking about eating in restaurants with mandolins and violins. Okay. Like, what kind of like you know when Del we Posto and they got the win. piano playing in the back? Thank you. Know, you. We just sitting here trying to win. Saying, like Big was talking about this elevated lifestyle and it's a thing i mean especially in a city like new york i mean i, I no lie most of my friends are lawyers nurses teeth they're professionals they're highly educated they've got um x amount of residual income and even if they don't <laughs> people like to come home and unwind with a glass of wine right right and so if i could take you from something that doesn't truly represent the grape that's eight dollars to a true representation of that grape that's fifteen dollars I, like, I like the way you put that i told you i'm good with words yo wait 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 wait, wait. Okay. i'll finesse the shit out of it here goes the, te- here goes the teaching moment guys now <laughs> not the best representation of that grape correct i like that okay i just need to highlight that we gonna move on <laughs> All right, because I, I'll tell you what it is. Like, it's nothing to me. Not, not the best. I'm so using that. That's Yo, because right. think about Jam Jar, right? Jam Jar is a great example of it. Right. I know a ton of people that love Jam Jar sweet Shiraz, mm-hmm. right? That actually tastes like Kool-Aid. <laughs> if you just want something sweet, it doesn't taste bad, but it doesn't taste like any other expression of Shiraz from Australia that you will ever get. So if people fall in love with that and feel confident, like, oh, I've had this before and I love this. And then they go into a restaurant and they see Shiraz. Oh, Mm -hmm. shit, I I love Shiraz. I've had that before. I'm going to order that. They are going to get a bottle that they're going to pay a lot of money for Mm -hmm. that they are absolutely going to hate because it doesn't taste anything like what they have in their mind and registered to their palate Shiraz is supposed to taste like. And that's where the disconnect happens. So that's why I encourage people, the price point is what, you know, you can find wines at affordable prices, but I want you to drink true expressions of the grape and not something concocted in a laboratory that appeals to the American, not the black, the American sweet palate. Mm. damn why don't you just go ahead and wrap that in a bow and put it under the tree for him boom she just (laughs) dropped the mic for those of you that's listening she just dropped the mic rightfully so um (laughs) now but you you really truly fell into this wine thing and you are completely submerged in it like i know that you've been working with dustin at verve um uh you know can you talk a little bit about your your journey in wine on that side? Yeah, so that story is actually hilarious because you were there for this. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was the my, first day? One of my third, nah, not wow. at Verb, but I'm going to tell you why you were there. One of my, um, one of the first wine professionals that sort of saw the passion um, and saw the potential that took me under their wing was Laura at Corpus. Mm. So uh, Jackie and you and Andre are on this panel about diversity. And I and Dustin happens to be there. Everyone's there actually. Pascaline was there. So lots of heavy hitters and wild. Oh, I remember this exact yes, moment. Do. Wow. And I'm gonna give you the story because Andre Mack and I have had this conversation. It's his fault, but I ended up at first. Not wow. his fault, but it's oh, that's his work. So funny. So I ask a question about 
how representation matters. Like if I walk into a wine shop, you know, and I'm in the the group that is not spending over $20 on a bottle of wine and I don't see anyone that looks like me, my personality would make me go in anyway. But how do people that don't have that, like where do they get that feeling of inclusion from? And Andre looked at me and was like, you don't drink no $20 wine. And I was like, oh. Well, I don't, but that's not the point. And I do drink $20 wine, Andre. I have corrected him multiple times. And so Andre went on to talk about like, yo, sometimes you got to be the change, right? Like if they saw you in a wine shop, they'd come in, right? I'm like, yeah, the thing is I have a full ass career that has nothing to do with wine, but I would work in a wine shop part-time. Literally the next day, Dustin hit me like, yo, if you were serious about like wanting to work part-time in the shop so that you could learn and grow and blah, 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 like, we got you. Wow. That's so that crazy. was it. That was it. I remember that happening. I remember that whole interaction. I might have that on film, actually. I'm going to see if it I... It might be. I'm going to see if I, I got that. I honestly about that every single time. But that was the catalyst. That was... And that's a situation where, like, I was asking a question, and it was presented to me an opportunity where, like, yo, if you bout this, be bout this then. Yeah. Right? And and Dustin was was so kind and generous in that, like, look, I know you got a full-time job, right? Like, let's work around your schedule. Like, okay, if you could help us out at events, if you could do weekends, if you could do, and I mean, I, I work every day of the week. Saturdays are to my niece. Yeah, if y'all follow me long enough, you know my stories on Saturdays are all about me and baby girl being all about the city. But I still would, like, take her to dance class, have lunch with her, and then go and work at the shop until they closed on Saturdays. And I learned so much so quickly from everybody at Verb, not just Dustin. I mean, Tasting with Dustin is a whole other learning experience. Right. But the whole team at Verb is just such a, a collection of dope, different, diverse, knowledgeable, inclusive people that it has been. And Corpus is the same thing. Corpus has some of the best, most knowledgeable psalms in New York City. So having the opportunity to immerse myself in those spaces led me to studying for my Spanish wine scholar, right? Because I love the wines of Spain. There's no country in the world I would rather talk about wines from. Keep it thorough. That, that's being around. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's the hashtag I'm taking. Keep it thorough. You know what I mean? But that's Laura opening up that door. Like, look, we are going to start being affiliate of this. Like, this is the inaugural class. You know what I mean? So so now I can jump into that. And I just believe firmly that I can't teach you what I'm not willing to study. Even of children, I don't expect you to do anything that I'm unwilling to do myself. Mm. And I think that if I want to help people understand wine, if I want to break down the barriers, if I want to be a catalyst, if I want to be representation, I got to know what I'm talking about. I can't be out here faking the funk and giving people fake information. So that is is really a commitment to uh, integrity and accuracy to my people Mm. and to my followers um, that have really forced me to immerse myself. Now, I I like your story because it feels like people think that, you know, I I love I like wine. I love wine. I need to dedicate my life to this. And then they go take a job somewhere, um, you know, thinking that they're going to become this huge sommelier and doing it for the wrong reasons. <clears throat> now, you are someone that has shown a true love for wine, held on to your career have no plans of stepping away from your career. <laughs> like you rocking, you know what I'm saying? You doing a Deion Sanders playing baseball and, and football at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Looking good and feeling good too. <laughs> now, I, personally, I don't know how you find the time, but um, I think that a lot of people can relate to you in that sense where, you know, you love wine but they have this feeling that if you love wine, you need to do just that. Um, You haven't taken that route. Like what advice can you give to other people that may feel that, Hey, I really love wine. I want to do something. I don't know what, like, where would you tell them to start? I think you have to start by treating wine like any other hobby, right? Like you can like fashion, but if you want to be a fashion influencer, you got to do your homework. 
you have to know this designer. You have to know this aesthetic. You need to know why this season is this. You need to know what's the inspiration behind this. So I think you need to treat wine like a hobby. And the more you dive into it, you will find your niche, right? Like I, I am a nerd at heart. Mm. So studying and teaching other people and taking these concepts and these facts and condensing it into a way that it makes sense to the average person. I mean, literally that's what tech is. That's what I do on a daily basis is, is translate, right? All the technical stuff. I mean, I listen to tech people. I'm like, all right, you can't tell a user that that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like what are we actually saying here? And I think it's a the user. same thing <laughs> with what, yeah, that's what we're going to call it. User. <laughs> that's what we call y'all. <laughs> and then why are we going to call it consumers, right? Drinkers, no, no, no. no different. So it's the same thing in wine. Like wine is like, you know, wine is fun and factual. Like there's some stuff about it that you just have to know. And I always use the example of like football. I mean, fuck the NFL right now. But before all of this ish, I couldn't walk into a bar on any given Sunday and go, yes, I'm a super football fan. I love football. I love all things football. And then I don't know what a first down is because <laughs> I don't love football if I don't know what a first down is, right? Because right. that's essential to understanding the game. You can't understand anything about it, let alone teach anybody about it, let, abo- let alone title yourself a fan right. if you don't know the basics. <laughs> right. And I think the same thing is true for wine. I don't think everybody needs to go and register for a course i don't think you need to get certifications because that's also the the difference between like personally i do not call myself a sommelier and i never will because i'm not working the floor and i think sommelier is a job title and i think that you can have a credential uh and that doesn't mean that that's your job right you have lawyers that are not practicing law they are jd woman of all trades you know um i'm an educator i'm a connoisseur i'm an enthusiast i am slowly but surely working my way to become a collector because i also understand wine is also a tool for wealth building i've started collecting birthday wines for my babies um because when they become of age thank you (laughs) literally and figuratively liquid assets when they come up become of a certain age if if bottles over the years have cost me a few hundred dollars but when my seven-year-old Sydney is 21, I turn over a collection to her that's worth 10 grand to start. Now she's 21 years old with $10,000 worth of assets. But you know what vintages to buy also and what, what regions to buy those vintages from. You know, um, a lot of people, just just so y'all be knowing, don't think that you could go to, you know, Joe Blow Corner Store and pick anything up and sit it in your yeah. wine cellar and think it's going to make you a million dollars later. <laughs> You got to know what to buy, and she knows what to buy. <laughs> and I also have access to people. Like, shout out to Jeff. Shout out to, to tons of people. Child of songs. So all these people across the industry that can tell me, like, yo, this is a good year for this. Mm-hmm. Got this. Yeah. Also, you can't age wine in your house, right? Yeah, nah. If, if your idea of aging wine is a rack in your living room, drink the shit now, because it's going to be vinegar by the time you try to open it and drink it. So there, there's all of those things. But those are all, again, those are educational tools and those are the things that i'm educating myself on so that i can educate other people Mm, mm. i love it man i mean i think i'm such a big fan of your story i think that you are a true expression of what we need more of in the wine industry uh i think you're a great representation of uh, a woman of color in our industry and you are part of the community, man. And you're, you're doing what you can to make it better. So thank you for your service. Ah, <laughs> nah, because you ain't, you. you ain't in there capping, trying to like, you know, pat oh, yourself no. on the back. You're doing the work. People don't, that's the thing that motherfuckers got to respect about you. You did the work. People don't want to go work in a retail shop. Let me tell you something. They don't want to do it. See, I, ain't, I don't want to do it. You that know, is like, hard work. It's the amount of trips up and down stairs with boxes, reshelving. Do we have this? It's a lot of work. And even, I mean, I was very transparent and studying. Like, it's seven o'clock. I'm still in my office. Now I can shut down my work computer and break out the flashcards. Like, this is it's mm-hmm. work. And, you know, like, that's why I think that there's, there's sometimes some contention among, um, 
you know, social media in general about like who's who's at authority to say this and who isn't, right? Yeah. I try not to tell people what wine they need to buy and what wine they don't. I try to help people understand their own palate so that you can go into a store and find a wine that you like. Um, but I only know what questions to ask you, how to get you to that point because of my own education. So I feel like if you choose to position yourself as a resource or as a source of education, you have an obligation to people to put in the work to know what you're talking about so that you don't have those same people walking into a room saying something crazy, <laughs> getting looked at crazy, and now they leave that room with the interpretation like, see, wine is snobby and wine is bullshit because these people are like, they don't respect me. Like, ah, it's not that, sis. They don't. They think you full of shit. They, yeah. It's not that they don't respect you personally. <laughs> some of them legit will not. We won't even get into like sometimes. It's just some assholes in wine. You're not gonna be able to do anything about that. They are douchey bros in wine that are annoying. That will wine explain to you that if you're anything other than an older white man, you don't know shit about wine. That's true. I'm not gonna pretend like that's not the case. It is the case in many of the rooms, but for the most part, that's not the case. So like, I care about getting you comfortable talking to a psalm. So that when you go out to dinner with your lady, with your gentleman, with your colleagues, if you're trying to impress a boss, if you're trying to entertain a client, you do not feel this moment of anxiety and uncertainty and have the confidence sucked out of you because you get handed a wine list and you don't know the first thing to, to do or to ask about what's being presented to you. Right, right. Damn, yo. Um, that I, I Hats off to you. And I'm looking forward to um, to the next joint. Now, what's next for you? Huh, you know, it just before I'm going to take this week out of it. And before this, yeah. just thinking about ways that um, I think that coming from a background of generally a diverse population of friends, I think I'm uniquely positioned to really help the industry and brands understand how to authentically engage with uh, the Black community and with other drinkers, right? I think that that may actually be the niche that I have. And also how to navigate diversity, right? If your social media doesn't have a Black person or a person of color looking at the stuff, it is a high possibility that you're going to offend someone. Right. <laughs> so if if you aren't putting in the time to go, well, shit, could this be offensive? You know, like you have people, I've had, I've seen stories where people say things about like rock and like, sis, if you put the thing in the context of a black nightclub with a, yeah. a liqueur that is almost so, I didn't even know why people knew what hypnotic was. Like I thought, <laughs> That was something that we had. I don't know any. I just started learning that white people drink henny. Like, like what? Because y'all drink that. And because in the that? black community, henny is you know what I mean. Like, it's not the prestigious cognac that we, being in this world, have now learned. Like henny, henny. Like right. henny is what people drink to get fucked up. That's what yeah. people and make bad decisions. Right. Henny thing is possible. That's what we know henny to be. Get hanged. So I think. Right? <laughs> you you seeing people through honey goggles, like all of that. Mm -hmm. So I think that now what I'm realizing more is that I'm uniquely positioned to have conversations with people that don't look like me, where they, my words do not trigger guilt or fragility and that they can hear this is what what you are doing and saying, this is how it's translating to people of color and to black people. And this is how your messaging could be different. And this is how structuring your events and your guest list. And I mean, shout out to Blaine Ashley. I just, I was on a Zoom with her last week and I pointed out to her, like every time I go to one of her events, it is the most organic, but obviously curated room I step into wow. because it's the right people from the right background. It's organic. Like it doesn't seem forced. It doesn't anything, 
But Blaine said that like she individually looks at guest lists for events so that there's representation, there's equity, there's people from the writing space, there's people from the social media space, there's people from the industry space. And it's always just the right combination of people in a room in the most organic way. So for these brands, if you authentically want to engage, it doesn't mean just going onto Instagram and finding people of color with the most followers and then throwing shit at them, right? That's not how this works. You need to actually find the people that can translate what your brand messaging is, what your mission is, what your wine is, and show and draw parallels and make it appealing so that other people that have never heard of this wine, this great, this region, this producer, this industry are excited about drinking. Right, right, right. Damn, yo, that's, that's, that's the realest. And I see it for you. I see it for you. I know that um, you are 100% capable I am looking forward to um I'm looking forward to seeing you getting with a brand and putting putting some people in some headlocks. I, I can want think that. of a few. <laughs> Please do something to me because I got <laughs> nothing but time right now. Oh man. Um, but yeah, man, you got anything you want to tell the people before we jump up out of here? Oh man, listen, I hope that everybody um with both COVID and just the things happening in the world today, I, I, I wish nothing but love and light on everybody. I, from the bottom of my heart, want your family and friends to remain safe. I want everybody that is in a position of any type of privilege, be it economic or whatever, that you take a moment out of, out of your day to give back to somebody. The restaurant industry has shown so many amazing, amazing examples of the community reaching out, feeding the community, raising funds for people that are are displaced and unemployed by the by the COVID crisis and all that. It, it's been beautiful to see, um, and I, I just hope that everybody continues to stay happy, stay healthy, stay blessed, and just remember, like, help each other where you can. Do something nice for somebody. It feels good. Mm. That is real, man. And that that is straight from the source. That's right from Shakira, a.k.a. Black Girls Don 2. I am your host, Jermaine Showtime Stone, a.k.a. The Wolf of Wine, a.k.a. The Zara Vibes, a.k.a. Young Thanos. Toasting it up. Wow. my my. I started with my glass full and I'm finishing with my glass empty. Boom. I'm a, I'm a to- I'll toast a bottle to you instead. Here we go. I, got, I brought extra because I know how you do. You know, I, I was drinking some champ, but you know, I, I figured I'd, I'd come with a little something different. Oh, so now, now you go into the champ after. I mean, if that's the <laughs> way you, you sparked an interest, man, it seems like a champagne Sunday. Yo, look, I ain't gonna hold, I felt like I was on vacation. Yo, I would advise it like on a day off, take a swig of some champagne early. Start with it, champagne. It, like open a window on a nice day, catch that breeze, sip some champagne early. Co-side. That is that is what we leaving you with, and um, Black Lives Matter, y'all. Stay safe out there. This was a moment in wine and hip hop, brought to you by Crew Love.